today on our show. We're counting down our 10 biggest disappointing films of all time. All time. And it- I have the greatest opener. Oh, really? Ever. Well, let's hear it, Polly. Bust it. I trust Batman 89 is not on your list. No. I know, I know. Don't, don't spoil it. But there may be another Batman. Oh, is this one of mine too? One guy talking. <laughs> Spoilers. Okay, what's up, everyone? My name is Wayne, and welcome to episode 397 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul, and I'll do my level best to try and edit that one so it's seamless. That'll seems work. That'll work. Seamless. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. We count down movies and sometimes television in order of awesome, so you don't have to. The third, fourth, last episode in the current iteration of the show as we build towards episode 400, the top 10, our top 10 films of all time. It's going to be tough. So we thought, well, let's get the negativity out of the way. We're not doing the worst 10 films because we just go to the piece of shit fucking yeah, Z-grade exactly. terrible film. This one, these are the big ones, the big films we're looking forward to for whatever reason that we're going to unveil for you. And as we've oft said on this show, yeah. it's the expectations, expectations that, that kill, kill you. you. So this is our last negative show. It's sure. all positive from here on out, even though next week's Guilty Pleasures episode might be a little bit like... No, that's pleasure. I think it's are you guys talking about. So here we are. We're getting rid of it. We're, we're venting our spleen. We're getting it off our chest. We're talking these shit, shit films that should have been so, so much better than they were and what they promised to be. At least in our esteem. Yeah, that's right. Our biggest disappointment. It's always a qualifier when we say the top 10 of anything. We're saying, well, it's our view our of that. Our top 10, exactly. No, we're not quintessentially, objectively saying here is the best film of all time. But let me tell you, when you hear my number one film of all time in episode 400, tune in for that one in a few weeks' time. Ain't no one going to agree with me, so. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right, spoiled. All right, then let's get into it, Wayne. Without any further ado, let's kick off with the segment which starts most every show. It's called The Recount. Who wants a recount? Who? The recount is our mailroom. Paul, what happened this week? Well, no feedback on last week's show. It wasn't playing the same sandbox again. It wasn't fair to compare your rom-coms list with my rom-coms list because mine was actually trying to be the best 10. I thought you were like, here's 10 no one was ever heard of. Exactly. It's one of those And shows. we hope you managed to get some things there to watch if you love that genre. For the record, those playing at home, which one downloaded more? Horror. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone is a bit surprised by that, but okay, go ahead. Horror at Halloween probably had an unfair advantage, let's let's be fair. Yeah, so no instead, just one email today on the subject of horror from Charles Vincent Morris, and here's what he had to say. Guys, especially for Paul, Halloween fails is the title of his email. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for ripping this piece of shit a new one. Halloween ends as an atrocity that should have been aborted from the start. Full disclosure, Halloween Kills is so bad, I literally walked out of the theatre. One of only three films I've done that in my life, mm. The Informant and Twilight 3 being the other two. Fair enough. So oh, The Informant, yeah. So I had zero expectations going to this one. Just wanted to see how it all ended, and somehow they miraculously made me feel even worse watching this fecal matter. Now you know how I, I feel. felt like I lost IQ points through this. Thank you for telling the truth about this pathetic conclusion to, in the end, another failed experiment that's simply milking a franchise to the last cent. That could be made. Thank you for that, Vincent, as he has signed it off. It seems that, that he uh, is a kindred email. soul with you, Paul. Yeah, look, we're going to hear about that one again at the end of the year when we talk the worst films of the year. Halloween Ends was a massive, massive piece of shit. But uh, as are arguably the next 10 films. And I, th- by the way, that almost made my list this week. I only edited it out. Because you didn't expect it to be that good, well, did you? Well, Halloween Kills I did. So I'm like, Kills and Ends are both bitterly disappointing, but I decided to push them into my honorable mention. So there's the segue. Let's do it on the other side of this music queue. It's the top 10 most disappointing films of all time. 
the top 10 most disappointing films of all time. Is the subject of this week's countdown. You feel free to turn that filter off anytime you want. I'll do that the whole episode. Wayne, take us away then. What, what film really, really set you up to be hugely enjoyable? This is going to be amazing and mm-hmm. then delivered well. Shite. This is a hot take. Ooh. Knives out. What? I know, I know. All right, let me tell you about this. Saw that coming. I know, it's Wayne a huge one. Out of the gate, dude. Hot, hot oh, take. Man, remember now, people. If you understand the context of this choice, Knives Out is from Ryan Johnson, the guy, the Looper guy, the Brick guy. Yes, the Last Jedi guy. <laughs> but I like the Last Jedi. I'm like the, one of the four guys. So um, that's not true. That's that's fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, yo, this has got not only has it got James Bond in it, it's got Captain America in it, it's got Anna de Armas in mm-hmm. it, and we didn't even know who she was back then. But it had like Jamie Lee Curtis, motherfucking Michael Shannon, all these motherfuckers. Don Johnson, Crockett was in it, man. So I'm like, all right, cool. But secondly, it was a who done it, which you never really see more of, a lot of these days. So what you've got here is not off the cinema. Donald Cinema as a big like major release, hell to the no. And Ryan Johnson being the guy, I'm like, he's gonna kill this thing. Now, I go in, I crap my pants. Do you remember the night we saw this, Paul? I took my then paramour. Um <laughs> and <laughs> I can't don't do that sound anymore, you veg. It's a bad one. And yeah, and, and and we went there and it was like kind of a big event. So that's a lot of things. Again, you know, expectation, right? The movie. Never say paramour again. <laughs> what does paramour mean, Paul? I don't know, just don't do it. I think it means uh, my squeeze. Yeah, that's fine. There was a squeeze. All right, so anyway. <laughs> Several. <laughs> Not doing the film. No, um, thank God. No. Um, the, so, uh, yes, reputable director, all that sort of thing. Now, when you get to the show, first of all, James Bond is doing some Texan accent. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. I didn't not enjoy his performance, but I didn't buy it. All right? It just didn't quite seem to flick for me. Okay, I'll look past it. Okay? It's all good. To be fair, the movie is beautifully shot. It looks great, but it just looks great. For a whodunit to be on this level with this cast and that level, you know, the fucking that release, I'm expecting something a bit fucking special, so Paul. So it looks great and has nothing more going for it? Is that what you're saying? Well, I've gone through the internet and actually there's a lot of people who talk about so all the intricacies and the sort of subtleties. You're accusing it of being rings of power there's a little, uh, yeah, a little tag in for a preview for yes. our upcoming review episode. A little sum. Like, again, the problem is my expectations. But if you think about the actual way that the film came out, uh, in case you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, but all the way through the film, it seems to be giving you what I assume would be a red herring and this person is the actual bad guy cur- girl. Bad guy girl, right? Person. Person, right? <laughs> <laughs> well done. No spoilers, one spoilers. No one saw that coming at all. Excellent. Shh. Good job. There you go. Uh, and even though there is the odd sort of like left and right sort of association here and there, it ends up just being that person. The person that they sort of alluded to is the fucking killer. And I'm like, well, that's not great. And then um, all of the uh, <laughs> and I just I was like, uh, uh, it's like that. So I was like, it, in t- it's low here on the list because I was expecting a lot. And it didn't. It wasn't a piece of shit by any means. I'm very intrigued to see what this glass onion thing is mm. going to be because they obviously ain't got the Dan same. Dan Brennick from Netflix and Spoils already seen it. What? To a film festival he got into. So yeah. Dan D. Brenn, what's up, girl? Um. So yes, that was the shit. So unfortunately, yeah, it's disappointed the shit out of me. Did Dan say anything about it? No, he's been very coy. Very okay. Coy. All right. Fine. Well, we'll see how it goes. But yes, Knives Out is in fact my number ten. Sorry, everyone. Wow. I know everyone. So a lot of people love this. Wayne so. basically would. Uh, I think I'd rather eat some piss. Than watch this film again. Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> Whose piss is it, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Details, too many. My number 10 is 
solely down to the internet age. Now, the internet was a sort of thing by 1997, I want to say. Oh, I remember. So we are, we're past the initial phases. We're into the, we're well ensconced in the internet age here. And a little film got absolutely talked the shit out of on the internet. Interesting. And like an idiot, I bought in. We all bought into the beginning of the internet, Paul. Well, it's not even really the beginning. It was 2006 and David R. Ellis directed his film, which was going to star Samuel L. Jackson. Sam Jack. The Sam Jack. Oh, shit. Snakes uh, on a motherfucking plane. Oh, like, yeah. This, this is the guy who directed Final Destination 2, which is one of my favorite sequel horror films yeah, ever yeah. made. Over-the-top, gory, ridiculous fun. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, the Sam Jackson. At the time, was not was, yet doing piece-of-shit films. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he doesn't do a lot of piece-of-shit films still. But, yeah. But like, he's usually the best thing in the movie. And he's going to bring this same over-the-top sensibility. He's going to be swearing about that shit. He's gonna, and it's just going to be fun. These snakes are going to be released on this plane and people are going to get picked off and it's going to be great. And More importantly, Sam Jackson himself. I remember the hype, Paul. He was saying on the line, he was like, I was like off at this plane. This 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 movie. There were snakes on a plane. I was like, I'm in. So it sounded cool yeah. to like it, Paul. Snakes on a plane. Great. Yep. And it what wasn't. Up, it really sucked. It was a fucking bag it of shit. Really, really it sucked. Sucked so Samuel many. Samuel Jackson's trying. He's not the worst thing about this film by any stretch of the imagination. But everything else is the fucking CG sucks. The kills suck. The there's no threat. There's no. There's, there's nothing even remotely good about this movie. Nothing makes any sense. They they stack up fucking furniture to block off the snakes from coming into a part. Fuck off! The snake just slithers straight through, which eventually it does. But like they were just—if there were that many, they would just cut. Anyway, it's fucking. Dumb. It looked like it was a student film mm. that snagged Sam Jackson doing fucking pro bono work. That's what it looked like to me, because like it was just like, oh, so none of these things are that well thought out. It's not that well produced. Samuel Jackson does get to these motherfuckers. Things, motherfuckers. Yeah. That's fine. eighty-six minutes in. Yeah, and then the rest of it is like, well, this is some balls. So what you gonna do? I, I agree. That was a piece of shit, mind you. I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but I expected more than that, Paul. One of the great. Lo- reviews on Letterboxd about this movie comes from a bloke named Ian uh, Janowski. He wrote Snake on Boob 30 minutes in, Snake on Penis 33 minutes in. Oh, was this Snake That's Penis? That's his review. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Snakes on a plane, bitterly disappointing. Should have been so much better than it was. Should have been great, campy, over-the-top comedy horror. Instead, was just shit. None of those things. Mm. All right. Well, speaking of internet hype, Paul, there was a film in 2012 that was released and... It's one of those things where you think, uh-oh, they're remaking that film? That's going to tank. And then what happens is, at the Comic-Con the preceding year, the director, he motherfucking puts in... It was Len Wiseman, right? <laughs> now, uh, that, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be a film with a massive blue filter on it. The, and, and a really hot lead. Right. Which it was. <laughs> who, even, who eventually marries. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, Paul, because this is total recall. Yep. All right? Now, here's Considered the thing. It. Considered it first. Oh, dude, here's what happened, right? So... Initially, the idea was, oh, you're not going to remake that Arnie film. No one can remake that. I thought that. And then at the Comic-Con, he plays that scene where Colin Farrell... Yeah, excellent call. ...does this fucking, like, one, sweet, sweet action one film. great shot. Just a wonder that goes yeah. all the way around the room and he fucks everyone up and it comes back to him. And it, we, it fell silent. I remember watching the whole H presentation. Everyone went, holy shit. I went, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And then Colin Farrell actually started getting movies based on that thing. He said, this whole real thing is going to be the best thing anyone's ever seen, so you better give me movies that I want. And got them, okay? Then what happens, Paul? Instead? It's a fucking bag of rhyme. It's shit. Like, <laughs> that one scene was the, was the, the, the was duck's it. balls. That like, was the moneymaker. But then every single thing afterwards was just a box of dicks. How, now, about, even- how about a lift through the middle of a planet? Oh, shit! What was that idea? <laughs> that, and then, like, fucking, look, Kate Beckinsale's in it, so great. Kate Beckinsale but, doing Sharon Stone. I'm sorry. 
Kate Beckinsale can do a great many things. She can't do Sharon Stone. Look, I don't. I'm not looking for her to do Sharon Stone the same way. I'm not. Well, <laughs> maybe I am. But, like, <laughs> the, but not, the same way, I'm not waiting, looking for Colin Farrell to do Arnie. Maybe I am. Um, it's. Uh, but if you got your top five women, and maybe that's one of our com- current shows coming up, Paul. No. Um, come on, it'll be fine. Kate Beckinsale is like three on the list, right? So she's awesome. But. Forget that. You got Brian Cranston, you got Bokeem Woodbine, you got all these other motherfuckers. Jessica right? Biel. Jessica Beals. That's right. There were the two. Anyway, and that's like, you would think this would win, but why? It, it actually was a bit boring. Like, it actually it got sucked. boring. Other than that scene, the action sucks. And it was stupid. They muted the storyline. They made it PG fucking 13. That and the is big, always the I know. Kicker. It's always Paul, almost always Paul, who says this shit, but. You know, you can't make Total Recall and take away the violence. Any more than you can remake fucking Robocop and take away the violence. I was just going to say, fucking doing it. Bad idea. Even with Michael Keaton in it. Paul Verhoeven is not dead yet, so he can't roll over in his grave. (laughs) Give the man a break, for God's sake. (laughs) That's the thing. Back in the 80s, you could do an R-rated film and just go straight to video. Or not straight to video. It could be a big big film. But over here now, it's like, no, no, we got to get some asses on seats because Netflix. So, yes, uh, Total Recall 2012 was a big disappointment. Great choice. I did have that on my... We did this list, by the way, Wayne, somewhere way back, way back early. I'm talking like episode 15. Eight years ago? And we limited it 1995 to 2015. So ah. it was on my list. Well done. One. Didn't well make done. this list though. So well done. Glad you've mentioned it. My number nine, however, comes from a film franchise, which I am an apologist for. Sure. I find somehow just about any way to like these films in this franchise and give them a pass and say, oh, that was, wasn't too bad. Do you think it's a horror film? Yeah, sort of. Horror-ish. Sci-fi kind of okay, horror-ish. Okay. And in this particular instance, in 2012, the original filmmaker was coming back to the series. He, who had directed one of the most iconic films of the 1970s, one of the greatest films arguably ever made. Mm. And then James Cameron elevated it, in my opinion, in the sequel, though people were war about that one for all time. And then David Fincher, in his directorial debut, kind of crapped on it. But I still found things to like about that. And then Joss Whedon wrote the script for the fourth one. Oh, and I still like that film other than some really bad decisions that were made through the course, particularly towards the end of that film. Mm-hmm. And so Ridley Scott comes back and he makes Prometheus. Dude, uh, I thought about putting in this one, but please, tell us all about Prometheus. <laughs> so, love the set, the, fran- the sequel, sorry, the franchise, like I do. Of course. Then this one, I was like, this is going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be Ridley Scott, who's, mm-hmm. who's 35, 40 years on from making that last film. And he's, yeah, he's a crotchety old man. He's going to be harsh as fuck. And this is going to be amazing. It's going to look beautiful. It did look beautiful. The film looks fucking yeah, I will, I, that The one thing you gorgeous. can say about it is a beautiful film. It's Rings of Power all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but like Rings of Power, the fucking script is dog shit. We have needlessly made this whole thing convoluted in terms of trying to explain the space jockey and why it was where it was when the Nostromo foul came on. Oh, really? Oh, I remember the white engineer dudes. Yeah, the engineer dudes. And then the, the anyway, blah, blah, blah. Aliens get out. The dumbest set of human characters to ever have been allowed That's onto a spaceship That's the biggest ever. problem with this show. You've got absolutely mentally challenged oh. scientists who are like, here's something that's weird looking and dangerous like a space cobra. Yeah. I might let's take my glove my, off and eat it and, and touch it. Let's put my face right next to it because that'll go well. It's so just weird. Like There's it was, this big thing falling behind me. I know what I'll do. I'll run in a straight... And it's really thin and narrow. I'll run in a straight Oh, yeah. Charlie's line. cannot run in, like, to the side. I'm like, yo, you can see it. You looked behind you. You know where it's rolling. Yeah. Run. Left. No, oh, it, yeah, it made just enough money that it still went ahead and made Alien Covenant and continued the ridiculous storyline. Can of you fucking, remember that? Yeah, I can, unfortunately. Is that N- Numira Pass? No, that was this one. That was this one? Yeah. Uh. The next one, she's, she's gone and, and finished in it. And we've got a whole new set of characters. And David, I think his name was... 
Oh, stumbles. Michael, yeah, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. yeah. So no, the Prometheus actually is one of the worst films um, I've ever seen. Like, fair in, enough. in terms of how much I was pissed off at it. Even, uh, to me, it's the worst film in the franchise. Easily. I like Covenant more because it's a little bit more alienist. But I can totally understand if you hate that one more because it doesn't look as good as this one does. So can I ask you, in the franchise, are you including AVPs? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. So no. the worst. No. In the Just straight, straight for Alien because yeah, there's worse films than this if we count AVPs. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that. Uh, not by much, though. So, yes, fair enough. All right, that's good one. one. Good one. All right, my number eight is probably the best example of marketing ruining a film. Mm. Uh, do you remember the sheer volume of the promotion of Tomorrowland, Paul? Do you remember? Yes. This film is a yes. George Clooney film. Brad and Bird. Brad Bird. Ooh. Brad Bird. Now, this is the other thing. Brad Bird is like... Before this, and I'm saying it ruined it, but he was one of my favorite directors. He did Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Iron he Giant. did Iron Giant. He did um, Incredibles. Incredibles, fucking amazing. I think this is his fourth film behind those two. Right, okay. So this guy should have knocked it out of the park. And I love George George Glue Clue, so that's not even a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And the film itself is, to be honest with you, I have trouble actually remembering the plot, but it was all about essentially the city of Tomorrowland, which was this utopian ideal where all of the artists and the scientists and everything came together. And it should have been a really inspiring, beautiful shot. It was good looking. I will tell you that. Brad Pitt, uh, Brad Pitt, Brad Bird's, you know, whatever. His execution is, is good. However, the movie itself felt completely flat. None of the big moments hit. They built the whole movie to the point where the protagonist has some kind of realization that I can't remember because it doesn't make sense. Like, it, 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 for some reason, the plot itself right, turned it's to shit. Eminently forgettable, this and movie. It's like the, the most important movie moment in the movie was actually forgettable. So this is the thing that they spend so much on the trope of you know like create the mystery by having the characters refuse to explain things, and you're like, oh, okay, so that was a misstep apparently. But then it took about seventy five percent of the movie to even lay out what they were trying to allude to, and then all you have to do most of it is, is watch this confused girl running around and depressed inventor and kind of an unremarkable robot. So I remember that again. If I had just seen this thing, I would have forgotten it immediately. But because that they took over Times Square and they put all the fucking like Tomorrowland this and that, it was like seriously, they definitely spent at least. Boat, yeah, this was one twice. of the biggest Disney losses in a long, long time. I think this yeah. is John Carter before it. So I know, and then this is yeah, and for George Clooney to fuck it up, you know, to have a George Clooney movie bomb or tank like this, and then I think George Clooney's had a lot of tank movies. Look, everyone points to Batman and Robin, but it's that was the, before that, he was probably it probably made money though because it was no, a Batman it, film. It did, and but I, I think not, about films like he directed like Suburbicon. Oh yeah, that was shit. Yeah. Uh, but I think those movies were never meant to be big. This one here... Ticket to Paradise made a lot of money. Oh, I went to see it. <laughs> but, uh, no, the ones that he, like, yeah. But, but even his, it's like... It's got some critical darlings that yes, haven't made a lot of money. That's right. But they that. weren't. They didn't cost a lot of money either. Mm. This one fucking cost an ass ton. So that's why it was a huge one for me. So Tomorrowland, what's, yeah. What's the last question? What's the last good George Clooney movie? Uh, the last good George Clooney movie was... Are you gravity? No, was yeah, it? Maybe okay. gravity. Yeah, maybe it was. Um, yeah, that's I don't ten know. years ago, man. Did he do an Oceans? <laughs> after that, no, right? I, I don't know to be honest, but I would say Ocean Thirteen is not a good music, a good movie. I'm gonna think of one after this. I'm sure there must have been. Actually, he's been out of the, out of the spotlight for a little while. He's I guess what I'm trying his... to say is his heyday is well behind him. Yeah, but he's still. Uh, but I think he's like more humanitarian these days. Like he's he's yeah, you know, sure, good on him. I'm yeah. glad for that. But I'm so, just saying, like, I think we're trading a lot of. Oh, he's old like, goodwill with George Clooney. He's got to be sixty-five now or something. If I was him, I'd be hanging it up too. So yeah, know. fair enough. He's allowed to retire. Yeah, yeah. Wife, like, mm. wife's hot. He's fine. 
in Wayne's world, <laughs> success. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Uh, okay, so yes, there you are. Tomorrowland, my number eight. All right. My number eight is a film which I had been salivating at the prospect for hmm. ever since I heard about it in, again, the early 2000s. This was a man returning to the genre that he created over three different decades. In 1968, he made Night of the Living Dead ah. and spawned the zombie sort of film mm. in the way that we know it. These flesh-eating, or in this case, uh, yeah, they were flesh-eating that one, ghouls that just feast on the, the living. And then we had Dawn of the Dead, one of the greatest and argu- arguably one of the best horror films ever made. And then my favourite, personally, 85's Day of the Dead, which was as nihilistic as they come. Mm. Fast forward 20 years for the next one to come out. In 2005, he created and released Land of the Dead. Now, this is when again? Well, this is the world is now full of zombies and there's only a few really rich people living in towers and the fucking squalid sort of poor people living at the base of these towers in walled communities. That's I all think I remember you talking about this one. Left. And yeah. there's even a cameo from Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg in this movie because they play sort of people, I think, from vague memory there. They're sort of strung up zombies at one particular point. This is just after Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So not that that made it, was going to make it good, but like, how could he miss? This is a guy who's hit three out of three times and made arguably the greatest horror trilogy of all time. And then he releases this piece of shit and it sucked. Is it sucked because it wasn't scary or because it was boring? It wasn't scary. It was zombies could do... I mean, he hinted in, in 85's Day of the Dead that zombies could learn and were becoming smart, but they were just doing shit this film which just made it so ridiculously dumb. <laughs> Just, he just was bending his rules to get the characters we needed to get them. There was no one likable to really follow and, and really get involved with. And he wrote this one? Yeah, yeah. He, he wrote and directed all these films. Like Simon Baker's in this movie. Really? John, Guziano, John Hop, uh, Dennis Hopper's the bad guy at the top of his fucking tower. She has a lot of DNA with Brian King's City of the Dead novel that he released around about the same time. Not sure which one came first and who ripped off who, but... That one, at least, was a contained, reasonable story. There's just so much ridiculous in this movie. I've never watched it again in almost 20 years. I was so burnt by this movie and how much I... I remember walking out of the cinema just gutted. Like, it, oh, he's really let... Like, not that it's about me, but has this, I feel really let down by this movie. It should have been so much better than it was. Has he done anything but these types of movies? Do you know? Yeah, well, he did something called The Amusement Park, which originally got released onto Shudder, but very few. There's another one named Martin. Because I wonder if there oh, is... He did Two Evil Eyes, did an episode of that. He did Monkey Shines in the mid... What was it? Early 90s or late 80s, actually. Okay, I assume those were all films. They're all horror um, films, basically. <laughs> but like, I wonder if there's anything to the idea that these... Because uh, the reason Quentin Tarantino says I'm only doing 10 movies is he says that at a certain stage you just outgrow being good as a director and he doesn't want to do that, i.e. Brian De Palma. So yeah. I wonder this if This was definitely his this is De Palma. Yeah, he De Palma. Yeah, okay. For sure. And I don't think he made another good film after this before his, his death a few years ago, which uh, very sad. Rest in peace, George. We'll always have the original Dead trilogy, but this one is an absolute wet fart. The next two that came out afterwards, no better. Mm. Oh, really? He does more? Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, there you are. Uh, horror movies, everyone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) my number seven this is 2018 this film and it was released by no one other than Spielberg we're talking about Ready Player One yes now um, what year? 2018 fucking was that long ago I know it seems seems a bit like mm. Uh, okay so the idea behind uh, Ready Player One is it's from a book and it's set in like 2045 and there's this planet on the brink of chaos and collapse and people find salvation in this thing called the Oasis, which is an ex- expansive VR universe created by this eccentric guy named James Halliday. 
A guy dies, he promises his immense fortune to the first person to discover this digital Easter egg, and that's where this protagonist, Wade Watts, goes in. He joins the contest and tries to find it. Now, this had, I would say, arguably more hype than the fucking Tomorrowland, because I remember during the, the preceding year, before this was, was released, there was a lot of going on with the Marvel and this and all the other shit going on, and then Steven Spielberg, who you hadn't heard of for, for, for a while, just whips his dick out and throws it on the table. Look at this <laughs> shit. And it had Back to the Future cars in it and all, all these franchisee type shit that turned up in the. And it looked, to be fair, amazing looking uh, mm. in the trailers. I was like, I can't believe they put that in there. They put the Iron Giant in there. All kinds of shit. Yeah, because I had. Is it Warner Brothers? They I think so. All yeah, they had all IP. of the property. Yeah. yeah. So you'd see like the DeLorean. Oh, really, really cool. So I'm like, all right. Oh, well, maybe it's Universal then. That DeLorean. Yeah, you got me. But the point is that he managed to do it all, right? So I'm like, well, that's really impressive. And, you know, in today's litigious society, that was already uh, a triumph. But then you got Spielberg at the helm. And it's like, wow. The Shining, the Shining, make references to that. That's... I think so too, yeah. It was like, it was like a, a spot the fucking reference kind of trailer. And the movie itself then promised to be this amazing thing. But fuck me, it was nothing, dude. Like, apart from that cool looking shit, it was uninspiring. Yeah. And it made me wonder if Spielberg had his own De Palma moment. <laughs> because... Well, Even I, would, I would argue Spielberg hasn't made a good film, a really great film in a long time. Well, there's a question. When's the last good Spielberg film? For me? Yeah. It might not even be this, this millennium. What? Wait, what did he do? Uh, because then he started busting out there's like fucking... There's lots of decent films. There's lots of good He's films. He's doing like Lincoln and shit like that, you know, well, like... Whatever uh, that was. But like, people are yelling at us now, but The yeah, Post was just meh. Yeah, all Bridge drama. of Spies was meh. I didn't mind Bridge of Spies, it but okay. it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't all, great. Yeah. It wasn't Hall of Fame Steven Spielberg stuff. Shit. Ready Player One. He's had. Well, I never saw it, but the West Side Story just. Was I a, did see that again. See, that's this is it. He's turned into sort of like this. His next one's coming out. It's kind of autobiographical. Is it? Yeah, about him growing up and forming his appreciation for the movies. See, he's the guy who's never going to not get the studio to sign him. Oh, of course not. Right? Yeah, he's got too like, good a track it's, record. It's Spielberg, bro. And it's probably most of those films made money. Probably. Yeah, I don't I know. Would say I'm not, so. not going to hear it in front of me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, West Side Story. I forgot. He's doing all these little, little passion projects now. That's what's going on. Why not? He's earned it. Absolutely. Totally Ready, get it. Ready Player One. Is sort of like his... Yeah, Ernest Klein wrote the book, right? Right, but this was his avatar for... Because he wanted to do The Last Starfighter. He's always wanted to do it, apparently. And this is like... Did just make closest. The Last Starfighter? No, Spielberg? He, the guy won't sell him. Oh, That's what he, I'd him. love to see that film. Yeah. he said he Spielberg tr- doing that movie on a budget? Holy shit. Forget about it. There's a Seth Rogen talks about it in his book because he wanted to do it as well. And he talked to Steven Spielberg and they were like, he's like, we can't get that fucking property. The guy won't sell it. Can you imagine that? Steven Spielberg fuck? wants to buy your book. I'd be like, uh, take it, bitch. Yeah, to, I see Give it. me all this money. Yes. And also, I want to see it. So, yeah. For, like, hmm. I love The Last Starfighter. but it, Everyone but, did. But 40 years later, if there's any film that's right for, it, for a mm-hmm. remake to make it better. Whoa. Well, once that guy buys the farm, I assume his estate will be like, yo. So anyway, who knows? Uh, but yes, there you are. Ready Player One. Huge disappointment on my anus. Okay. No arguments from me. I thought it was just absolutely and an all utterly fine. It was it, nothing, exactly. It was fine, nothing, but it should have been this yes, mind-blowing shit. About it. My number seven is a film which you will have shared some love or, or potential love for this after the incredible first film, which you and I stand behind as being mm. one of the uh, all-time greats of the 1990s. Yep. This is bef- that was The original film was before Brian De Palma departed. Mm. But then the follow-up was... Asian filmmaker extraordinaire, John Woo. Oh, we know what this is. It's on my list too. Takes over the franchise and comes to... Well, he's already come to America because he did Hard Target and Broken Arrow, I think, before this one. And then his next American film, or English language film, is Mission Impossible 2. Low. Oh, my God. This film 
is just an example of how excess is ridiculous and silly. There's so much dumb about this movie. I'm genuinely shocked it did not derail and kill this franchise. And it could have. I mean, two words, Tandy Newton. But also... (laughs) So I don't truck with that. that. That aside, that aside, okay. She, I'm to, form, to be I'm honest, formulate the uh, Tandaway <laughs> Newton body Tandaway. appreciation. Yes, well, society online. And to be fair, she's not the reason the this film sucked. Wayne film <laughs> group. Well, that she again. She, this wasn't a fault. Okay, some of it was because we didn't expect the first mission to be so good. Remember <sighs> you and me talking about this, going, "Hey, Tom Cruise is doing Mission Impossible, but there's no team. It's just Tom Cruise. There was a team, but there was no like." No, they all died. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, and we didn't, and then we saw it. We thought, well, I can't believe this is so amazing. Then number one, two comes along. Do you remember the night we saw this, Paul? I remember it. We went to Carousel. Carousel. Carahel. Carahel. There's a, there's, a, there's a mall near us, which is a piece of shit, and we call it all sorts of different names. Um, as you can tell. As you can tell. Uh, and it had a movie theater uh, in it and stuff. And we actually picked up, like, we had a whole group of, of crackers going. Like, there was, a, like mm-hmm. there was women, there was us, it was, like, it was like, I don't know, 10 of us. We go there. It's like, yo, everyone, you and me are selling the fucking movie to them. We're like, yo, it's fucking John Woo. John Woo did Hard Boiled. Did you see fucking... Yeah, mama, mama. Holy yeah. shit. How I, I good was Hard Talk? Hard Talk was pretty good. Hard Talk was, was even better. Broken Broken out. Out. Fucking amazing. And also Tom Cruise. I was still sucking his dick back then, right? So it was like, yo, what's back up? Then you've been sucking his dick up until I know, 2019. Exactly. Just semen everywhere. So this is like when we were telling everyone that. Now we go see it. It ends up being motherfucking Ford Falcon City because it's shot in Australia. Yep. And don't get me wrong, as an Aussie, we're all very like, ooh, Tom Cruise is in Australia because he was, you know, Nicole Kidman. Oh, mm-hmm. all sort of shit, right? And it was like cringeworthy with the shit. The stunts were so over the top but stupid. Yep. Like, the, the motorcycle thing, that's what really got me. There's a scene where Tom Cruise <laughs> is getting shot at as he's running into guys shooting at him. And so to combat that situation, he just jumps off the side of the motorcycle and slides down the road on his shoes while the motorcycle couches behind the... Bullets, yep. Yeah, ting, 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 ting. And he's like, he's using the... I'm like, no, that wouldn't work at all. None of those things would work, right? And like... Then they're... they're- Going from road to dirt track and just the bike tires change. Bike tires change. Tires bike tires change. From road tires to <laughs> dirt back track. <laughs> dirt bike tires, and then we get you know jumping off bikes, and we get throwing sunglasses to limp biscuits. Fucking now. To be fair. That opening scene oh, with God. the rock climbing and the th- that was cool because it looked like John it's Woo. The worst of the opening sequences in all the missions. Is it? Yes. Oh come on. Well, look. Actually, he hadn't yet set the precedent where I risk my life in every movie yet at mm, that stage. I think this is. The he was of it. starting to make it the yep. thing, but he had long hair and everything. It was kind of cool. But the whole. And mm. I actually love that Limp Biscuit song. The ding, 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 ding. Oh, I know. I did. Look, it was the fucking. When was it? I know. You're going to make me. Yeah, that was good shit, all right? No, I thought well, that was all right. lately. <laughs> Well, remember now, at that stage, you and I were like, where do the doves come in? Because that's his that's his fucking thing. Two two guns and doves. That's John John Woo. And he threw some CGI doves in there. They look like shit. And Dugray Scott is the bad guy. Dugray Scott now. I remember Dugray Scott because of this film. Now, if you think we're dark on the film, Dugray Scott was going to be Wolverine, but he got hurt in this film. So then they picked another unknown, Hugh Jackman. I reckon he would have got through five. He didn't... <laughs> Pronounce his name so stupidly. <laughs> Doug Ray doing fine. Oh, he's, he's, he's probably Irish or something. Scottish. It's a, it's a Scottish, yeah. There's a lot of weird like vowels in there. Uh, but yes, no, uh, Mission Impossible 2, dude. Yeah, like you said, this could have killed the franchise because everyone talks about it's a bag of shit. Yeah. And then he's then like, no. Mr. Resurrection himself, JJ Abrams. JJ fucking comes back in. Mission it's all good. Impossible 3. All right, I guess we'll see how high it goes on the list. Wayne, what's your number six? My number six is Zoolander 2. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you about Do this. Do you really think this is going to be great? Dude. It's a legacy sequel. Cool. Let, 
Well, okay, perhaps. Well, remember this now. First of all, most people I know consider the original to be a classic. Okay, pretty funny. I love Zoolander. Lots of people love Zoolander. It is very like universal. There's women who like it. There are dudes who like it. There's all kinds of shit, right? And the hype train for this one was also huge because yes, it was like a hundred years afterwards, but it became such a thing. I remember, I remember seeing Ben Stiller and wow, he even appeared. <laughs> they both appeared in character on the runway during as a stunt during Paris Fashion Week. That's so I'm like, good. oh my god, that's kind of cool, right? You go to the film immediately got off on the wrong foot when the movie starts informing you that Zoolander's wife is dead, his son was taken away, and his center for read kids who read, can't read that was destroyed. Wasn't his wife his wife in real his life? His wife in real life, exactly. So she just went, I'm not being this piece of shit. I wonder if they're still together. It is Hollywood. I'm not oh, sure. That's a good point. I don't know. Um, but um, the, the, the biggest crime that this is just devoid of comedy, and it was so bad that halfway through the film, I took a screenshot and posted on Facebook, this movie sucks hundreds and hundreds of dicks. It is so, so bad. Um, it was as stupid yet. Here's the thing: the first one was a stupid, funny film, but it all worked. Martial arts, you know, it was good. It was really cool. This one, the celebrity cameos, there's Justin Bieber and the doesn't work. None of them worked, and I don't know what happened. And Ariana even Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande, and fucking what's his name? Um, Ben Stiller actually said, "Everyone asks for a sequel to you get one." I'm like, if you make a good one, they'll be happy. This one was just a bag of shit, so I absolutely hated it. Zoolander, poo, everyone. Yeah, I had no expectations about this one. It didn't meet them. But I wasn't hurt by it. Like, clearly you were. Man, I was... How bad could they fuck it up, I thought? This is how bad. I have to assume my number six, Wayne, is also going to feature on your list. Mm, go on. Right. Oh, yeah. It's probably going to. So this is one where I think it might be the only time in our lives, Wayne, best mates for, for a lot of years, mm. where we have double dated to a film. Yes. This is most definitely the number... The, yeah, yeah. And we went to what at the time was... In 2016, only six short years ago, I think the biggest cinema in Perth, and we bought out the best seats that we could get. Dude, we were selling we this thing to our girlfriends. Dinner at the time, and our then girlfriends, my now wife, your now not girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that that girlfriend loved The Dark Knight, right? You know, and good taste because so because it was an amazing should. film. Yes. All right, so now this is the new iteration of Batman, and I. Apart from Tom Cruise's dick, suck Batman's as well. Batman v Superman, Superman of colon, course. Colon, dawn of just ass, as yes. Joey from So Was It Podcast has, not bad, not has bad at all. named it. This was one of the most hyped comic oh. films in history. This was, we'd had Man of Steel, right? And I Which think, we loved and a lot of people didn't, but I think Man of Steel was great. You loved it. I thought it was good. I was great. I enjoyed it. No, no bones about it. I was all right with that. So Henry Cavill, Superman, great. Ben Affleck as Batman. How's that going to play out? Not they're, just Batman, Paul. Bringing in Wonder Woman Yep, as well. What the fuck? This is the holy triumvirate of the DCU. Yes, for the first time. I mean, maybe maybe not. Maybe in small screen territory. But on the big screen and a big budget. And Zack Snyder. And this is going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And then by halfway through the film, I'm like going... What's going on here? Dude. But first of all, the Batman that Ben Affleck was playing was the the, the, the comic Knight. The Dark Knight Batman yep. where he's an older Batman. Yep. So that's already more interesting than yep. like just putting another Batman on screen. Then putting Batman v Superman as the actual like that's the movie. That's like that's like fucking this colossal titan oh, it's, shit. It's one of the biggest nerd fights in history, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And it was in the comic The Dark Knight, the graphic novel, and the, it kind of pans out much the same way. However, to see it on the screen and see all that shit Whoa. Now, to be fair, when the movie starts, Paul, and Batman's in that warehouse, that's one of the best action scenes I've that ever cool. seen. Him kicking cool. the ass was beautiful. Right? You know how it started? I thought the opening credits oh, was, well, once again, the first fucking act, first pearls act. And, and his parents being killed. Yeah. Again. That's the thing. And that bad was idea. Already about, well, yeah. 
the bigger issue was when um, Bruce Wayne falls down as a child, the, the hole. Yep. And then the bats lift him up. And oh, like, that's oh, right. Oh, no. Yes, but then, they, then it turns out to be a dream sequence. Yes. It's like, oh, okay, fine. But that was just a false fuck. It's a red herring. But ball. you're starting to get like, ooh, what, what, what are we doing with I this? I know. And that's what it's happened. So on the nose. It just fucking blew. And like, I can tell you that, like, the, 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 it was narratively cluttered for sure. And ben, so much going on this two and a half hours. We did say that Ben Affleck's Batman was amazing because I, I do believe that. It was the best thing about the film. Not to say... Well, I, I also think Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman was very really good. good and, very, very and good. I love that theme song. There's my other bit of music, hooray, for this episode. Mm-hmm. was just incredible. The fucking Hans Zimmer. Yeah, that was the shit. Hans Zimmer and, and Tom Holkenberg, I think, may have ah, yes, that, ah, yes. if I'm not mistaken. But... All that stuff. And then what's the, the big thing that we just cram so much in this time and Jesse fucking Eisenberg is the worst Lex Luthor humanly imaginable. <laughs> I, there are a few performances that make me angry and this is one of them. Boys! Boys! <laughs> I just love bringing people together. Now Fuck you, off! Do you know what he was doing? I think I, after the years of speculation that I've had on this, I think what they were doing was they were turning Lex Luthor into the Joker. I think that's what they were doing. That's why he was acting like that. Fuck. I know, and they, only, they didn't even make him look, they made him look like his son. So they had like all this artistic well, license. Well, we, uh, do we ever get that conf- 100% confirmed? Yeah, it is because he talks about his dad. But Ugh. the bigger issue here, Paul, is Piece that in this shit. film, this is actually the biggest problem with the film. I can't tell you, and neither can anyone else, why Lex Luthor wants what he wants. Mm-hmm. Why does he want Batman dead, Superman dead? It doesn't actually make sense. He doesn't. Yes, he's trying to steal kryptonite. Power he has a vacuum. He'll be the. But why? He doesn't. It, there's no formal like yeah. line to with him benefiting from that. It's weird. Yeah, it's really weird, and that's what and happened. What's with the big thing that comes and snaps Batman or kills kills Superman? What's it called again? Oh, uh, Doomsday. Doomsday. Doomsday comes yeah. and, and kills. That's the thing. They made him... They, they, all, you're right. They did all these things. Not only was it the Batman this Superman fight. so fast. Not only was it, exactly. And then, of course, the, the quintessential moment, which people hate in this movie. Your, name's, your mom's my uh, mother? Martha. My name's my mother. Let's stop fighting and be best friends. Yeah, Martha. Now, it, so badly. I remember handled. reading, like, the, the crew all said that that Martha thing, no one had a problem with it. They said, this is a great movie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everyone's like, Martha. But to be fair, Ben Affleck in his Kevin Smith appearance in that last movie, that J- whatever Jane Silent movie it was, he actually made a joke about it, which was really good. good he even on. looked at the camera. I'm like, okay, well done. So look, I still love Ben Affleck as a Batman. and I, I We'll I, never I, get to see him that way again. Nope. Is he not turning nah, up again? No, he's done. He's done, is he? Well, I think so. I could be wrong. Who knows with fucking the DC? Yeah, who knows? It's so all knows. over the fucking shop. So. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, low. <laughs> all right. We'll see how high that one as well goes. Wayne, what's your number five? Uh, yet another sequel, Paul. And again, this one only gets... I would say that I... No, you know what? There's I, a reason why sequels frequent, exactly. frequent this list. You know, yes. They've got the build-up of the one before. So. And this is another sequel that came many, many years later. It's Coming to America 2. It yeah, is. Okay. I know you hate this one. Because the first one was a, a seminal to my childhood. It was seminal to the, the ethos and the ideal of Eddie Murphy, who at the time was the only sexy comedian on the planet. It was everything, and every joke I knew was fucking from that. We were just doing it over and over. And then when this new one comes out, the hype on this one was huge because they got every single cast member back. I'm like, sweet. Turns out, though, I didn't know this. They spent 80 bucks on this production. <laughs> there was fucking shit and amazingly small, and everything felt like it was shot in someone. <laughs> <laughs> There's no palace ball. It's shot in fucking Not my house. Seventy-eight dollars. <laughs> Not eighty-two dollars. Eighty dollars. Eighty dollars cash. Everyone. The best thing about this film is Wesley Snipes, and none of it makes sense. He's a fucking warlord that somehow can overthrow. You know what? A comic. A comedy doesn't even need to make sense. It just needs to make me laugh. And all it is is a, a mix of dodgy CGI. You got Morgan Freeman. You got Unvogue. You got fucking salt and pepper cameos. You got the whole thing again, Paul. 
PG. I reckon that would have cost more than 80 bucks. Salt and pepper. Candy. $87. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Oh, it was... Uh, uh, but they, they even made Prince Akeem... I hear what you're saying. Yeah, sort of a sexist asshole a bit in this movie. I'm like, yeah, no, he, you guys have got everything he wrong. He seemed to have regressed, didn't he? Oh, it was so, so shit. So I'm like, you know what? I just... I, it actually makes me mad talking about it. If you've seen it, you know it's a bag of shit. Look, this <laughs> list is going to make us mad the higher we go I up. Know. <laughs> I can feel my blood pressure rising, so... I don't expect to be any different for your good self. Very muff. Uh, yes, there you had My number five. There has to be a Star Wars film on your list. Well. When I say on. your list, I mean any list of disappointment, top 10 disappointments, but maybe not for you. Not for me, but because I... Oh, look, don't get me wrong. It's an honorable mention. So. Well, I don't think yours will be the same as mine. <laughs> yeah, go on. Now, this is the moment my Star Wars fandom, in retrospect, died. Mm. There's a reason why when... The Force Awakens came out. I was like, yeah, cool. This looks good. Let's see it. Yeah, absolutely. But I wasn't like, oh my God, this is going to be... I was. I know you were. I was all over that cum. There's people who love The Last Jedi. There's people who fucking hate The Last Jedi. We'll hear from one of them in the feedback later on. No doubt, boo. And then even Rise of Skywalker, you could could have any... Well, probably not Force Awakens. I can't see anyone saying that's a bad Star Wars film. But it's a retread of everything that's come before it. But the next two, I can understand why you think that's a bad Star Wars film, particularly Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I hate that one. But if I'm really honest, it's a sequel trilogy, well, sorry, the prequel trilogy before that where it all went pear-shaped for me. So much so, you know, famously, mm. I refused to watch Revenge of the Sith yes. until about four or five years ago when I watched it and just went, well, that was fucking average. Well, you were already poisoned. And I was poisoned by, after 15 or, what? Are, yeah, I think 15 years wait, Star Wars, colon, episode one, dash, the Phantom Menace mm. comes out into cinemas and I got to see tiny little Anakin Skywalker having a pod race and trade disputes. Fuck this piece of shit. People are way too kind to this movie. It looks like trash. Okay, it hasn't survived. Fair enough. It looked great at the time. No no doubt. Yeah, it was one of but the first importantly, completely CJ films. It's the worst written film. In this whole fucking saga. Now, are you talking about plot or dialogue or both? Both. George Lucas has no, no ear for dialogue. He's never been a good None dialogue None whatsoever. Agree. Fucking poor... He killed... What's his name? Hayden Christensen Korea. Yeah. Well, not this one. The next two do. Mm. But that character becomes a fucking laughingstock. We're meant to fear him as the, as the greatest villain in, in this universe's history, Darth Vader. I'm trying to remember how I felt about him at the time because it took a while Jake for the Lloyd, poor kid never acted again. Dude, he's he, he's he's actually not in a good way. Like, no, I've seen him now. He's like and I, I don't I don't reserve any hatred towards him. No, he's no, at all. He's a kid. He's a kid. He's badly directed. George Lucas just here's the key. He's got the kids' kingdom. It's my kingdom. I made it. I'm going to make this this trilogy, and it's going to be mostly CG. Bad idea in 1999. But did you know what happened? The, the the person who who got the biggest sting from this, not she got out of it, but Natalie Portman yeah. said she couldn't get an acting role for like years yes. after this because of the Queen of I have to talk like this. It's what the fuck? Awful. So bad. It's got one good lightsaber battle. The, the whole movie is that Darth Maul thing. Yes. And the Darth Maul Darth character. Maul's a good, good character. Yeah, that character itself in is the best thing that came out of this. Intimidating and, and ha- casting, what's his name? Ray Park. Ray as, Park as, doing that fucking King yep. Dick sucking, like, you know. That's yeah, that all was, it has going for it. It's not good enough after 15 fucking years. This was an absolute failure for me, and it was so disappointing. It was, and it was the day my Star Wars fandom died. That so one? that's why it's my number five. Yeah. So of the three prequels. I know people hate Attack of the Clones. I know. I I'm, the one, I'm the only one who likes it. But yeah. Uh, but this one's the one I hate the most. It's definitely the, the worst of the three. I only watched Attack of the Clones. I only ever watched once. I don't think I've ever seen Phantom Menace ever again either. 
I was like, eh, this sucks as well. What a shock. I've seen them all multiple times. But this one, I, I, here's the thing. The prequels, yes, huge disappointment across the board. Most people recognize that. I liked the last one, sure. Yep. But it, was, it still wasn't like, you know, whatever. The s- subsequent sequels. Sequel. The, sequel, last, sequel. the last three we saw. Yeah. I like the first one. I like the second one. The last one is the one I hated most that's of all. That's where your style was yeah. and went to die. Well, okay. it's come back since with The Mandalorian and stuff like Mandalorian's that. Mandalorian's helped, but um, Boba I, Fett, man. Nah. I can't, I can't, can't even bring myself to start. Andor. Andor's... Okay, let me tell I've you heard something. It's boring over right, and right, over right. again. I can't do it. I can't do another long fucking show. It's well, boring. Since we're not going to do Andor, I will tell you this, all right? Okay. The thing about Andor is... Spoilers for Andor. Spoilers for Andor. Well, not really spoilers, but I'll just tell you my, my view on Andor is that Andor is like a drama that happens to be in the Star Wars universe. There is fuck all animals or, creast, or, or creatures. Oh, actually, that's a good thing. There's fuck all droids. It's all humans. And yes, it's very... Um, it's Everything you see in Andor is new. All new planets, all new this, all new that. Okay. But it is very talky. And there is one episode, episode six, which is probably one of the best episodes of Star Wars I've ever seen in terms of action and what happens. Okay. Um, but it is not like any other Star Wars you've seen. And I think that's why it suffers. But really diehards go, you know what? This show is fucking okay. groundbreaking. I'm not a diehard, clearly. I've just no, this look, I'm not saying you won't find I've it boring a bit. I've been a diehard for 23 years. <laughs> yeah, but like, that's what Andrew's about. So yes, this is no. too much good TV on at the moment. I, I'm, I am wading through the awesome TV. Oh, yeah, uh, our top 10 TV shows of all time has been shaken up for me in really? the last few years. It really has. TV is in an absolute golden era with Most streaming. Def. Most definitely. So, so yeah. much so that you can't even catch up with it. Different discussion for a different time coming soon. Wayne, what's your number four? My number four is a film that I think you'll agree with, Paul, because the... Uh, I guess, yes, it's a sequel. It's the third in, the, in a trilogy, but it is the probably one of the biggest disappointments I've ever come across in a trilogy because the second one was so good, I literally almost Ooh, shat my maybe pants. Not the one I'm thinking of then. Well, the movie is Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh wow, that's a good shout, right? Because no, the, I didn't oh, get, yeah. Desperado was on, I own the Desperado on laser disc. Everyone, <laughs> I loved it Does so much. Does Wayne have it? Oh, had it, or do you have it still? Oh, I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> so um and and I got that purely just like look Desperado was like a 3 million dollar budget he made this film Antonio Banderas is so cool in it I want to grab my pants Fantastic. Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek. That's where we discovered her. And she's basically, Marin, exactly. Semi Quinton. Maybe the first time I ever came on a screen. It's just bullets like. Bullets around the corner. Bullets around the corner, son. Don't even worry about it, right? All that Explosions shit. Explosions where you don't get blasted away from the explosion, but fly sideways across. across it. Yes. And if it happens behind you, you don't flinch because you're, you're a tough guy, yep. Paul. Uh, now, that was great. Now, Once Upon a Time in Mexico is the sequel to that. And we all like can't wait for this. Even at the end of, of, of Desperado, the, the commentary says, look up for you know, look up for Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Happened in 2003. It had Don, Johnny Depp in it. Mm-hmm. We, at the time, it was hot, hot, hot. Antonio Banderas, of course. Salma Hayek, kind of, was in it. Mickey Rourke was in it. I remember almost nothing about it, how much it oh sucked. Oh, my God. Okay, here's the plot summary. Johnny Depp is a CIA operative working in Mexico. Not quite sure why. Wants to find El Mariachi. He gives Cheech Marin $10,000 in a Clash of the Titans lunchbox. <laughs> that, that happens. Antonio Banderas is the El Mariachi. He's living on top of a church. He hangs out with a bunch of guitar maker, luthier people. Danny Trejo reprises his role as someone else, but looks exactly like the guy who died in Desperado. <laughs> Salma Hayek basically is dead. They actually show a flashback of her, and that's how she's in this film, in a three, I was on the set for one day kind of shit. Wow. It was shit. And everything turns to crap. Johnny Depp almost saved it with being cool, but there was so much gratuitous violence in this, which you'd think would be a good thing. Yeah. It made everything meaningless. Yeah, it made enough. everything meaningless. Fair enough. And it was just a completely different film. 
Enrique Iglesias was in it, by the way. <laughs> Not singing. But um, <laughs> it was just, it's like two unrelated plots that are trying to be tied together by a film. It was a bag of shit. I, it was so bad that I got the laser disc of this just to hear the commentary to see if Robert how Rodriguez it, yeah. Yeah, would, would, would apologize for how bad it was. Did he? No, he explained why things happen, as in apparently Salma Hayek only had two days to shoot, so he just had to write this thing to stick her in it. And I'm like, don't do that then. Wait just until she's available. Wait until she's available, or whatever. And like Antonio was, oh man, it was so incredibly bad. I think it may be the biggest fall from grace that I know in terms of relative terms. It's not the oh no, it's not the worst thing I know. I know. Oh no, I know, I know. There's up there. So, but yes, uh, once upon a time in Mexico is just a bag of dicks. Everyone, duh. Yeah, cannot argue. Well done, well done, well played, sir. My number four is topical this week, Wayne, hmm. because we have reviewed both. House of the Dragon and The Rings of Power. Yeah. And oh. I don't think it's fair to to let Rings of Power wear all the shtick for what's wrong with the Tolkien franchise because after the incredible Lord of the Rings trilogy directed by written co-written and directed by Peter Jackson, mm. we got The Hobbit no, colon no. an unexpected fucking journey. <laughs> word for word. Which you've never seen, 2012 it was released. Right. They <laughs> Took a 200-page book. Which I didn't even like, by the way. And decided to make into three fucking films. There's your first problem. The second problem was this. They started making this film having not even completed the script. That is Having amazing. not worked out the treatment for the three films. God. Unfucking believable that after... When was Lord of the Rings? Whatever. Early yeah. 2000s. Seven, eight, nine years later, whatever it was. This one comes out and... They had rushed it into production. I am stunned that you could get away with that. And then we proceed to get this awful, awfully made, awfully stretched out piece of boring crap, which <laughs> only claim to fame is, oh, they shot it in uh, 48 frames per second rather than 24. What does that mean? So it looks like you're looking through glass. Oh, okay. So it's got this really strange does it look, look good? at the cinema. Look, I kind of like it, but it absolutely put lots of people off. And there's a reason why soap opera you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a soap opera effect. Yeah. It's, it's exactly like that on your TV screen. You put the soap opera thing on mm. and there it is on your on your high-def te- television. I don't mind it. The motion sort of blur, but it looks... It, it's off-putting. Off-putting, yeah. And that's okay. the best that you can say about it. This film is long. It's boring. I've never watched it again in the last 10 years. I idiotically... I don't think I saw the next... Maybe I did see them all at the cinema. Really? Because I'm such a fucking completionist. And I was so hoping that, oh, that's the exception. He'll, they'll have worked it out for the next one. They'll have to justify three films. No. This is representative of the whole fucking trilogy. The Hobbit trilogy is an absolute bag of ass. And after what we got with the same filmmaker from The Lord of the Rings, it was such a disappointment. It hurt my soul. You know what? If you go on YouTube, I actually posted this back when it happened. Um, there's a there's a behind-the-scenes doco of Peter Jackson talking about The Hobbit. It is the most honest behind the scenes I've ever seen yeah. because I've, you can hear his frustration. Uh, I think I've heard, and that's why I know it wasn't ready to go. Oh, he was like, they we were in there, we shot this thing. I hadn't script it and it, we hadn't even agreed on X, Y, Z. We just had to kind of go with it. And Apparently, as much as you hate it, it's amazing they even came up with that given the no resources they had to actually shoot it. So One star I gave this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, again, I've seen the it, but, four to four and a half stars for the whole first trilogy. So yeah. There you are. Nice. Maybe well, maybe I went three and a half or two towers. I think that's a bit harsh. Yeah, that's. I was. I thought you were going to say two towers, and then you're right. No, this is no, no comparison compared to this. Two by, towers is gr- is brilliant by comparison. Okay, well we're going to whip through these next three because my number three is Mission Impossible Two. Paul. Oh damn! That's that how one. much I was pissed about. That it. means you don't have my three. 
Have, we, have I mentioned all your top three? No. No, good. There's one that I'm sure is going to turn up. My I don't number, know, though. My number three could easily be two films in the same franchise. Go on. Oh, okay. And I had to differentiate. I had to go play by the rules. Had to go, which one's worse? All right. Uh, all right. Which one disappointed me more? You and I are defenders of The Matrix Reloaded, Wayne. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> go on. I know people hate that second film and they'll lump two, I three, like the, yeah. and four now with Resurrections yep. together. But for mine, there's only one, one film is worse than two than all of them put together. Two is, I, I will stand by it. It's got some great action sequences. Me too. The action sequences. Stand Even though like, they look like a video game. Yes. Yeah. To be it's, honest, it I watched that, it again on 4K not that long ago in on my, t- and I think it still looks great because they're in a fucking computer generated world. Yeah. They don't know the difference. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's okay for me. Okay, yeah, I don't... The, the brawl it's was... disparate, the, but yeah. Lots of fucking Hugo Weavings. That no, was it. that looks terrible. That was the thing. But the, the fucking car chase, yeah, that yeah. whole thing on the, no, that on the purpose-built freeway they built for it, one of the greatest action sequences in history as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Revolutions, however, fucking suck. That's the last one, right? That's the third one. The third one. So not even the one that we just did. No, because I've been burnt enough by Revolutions mm. to be cautious about Resurrections. Now, Resurrections, I was hopeful about that trailer from that song and they're leaping off the roof and shit. That looked amazing. That was one of the best trailers I've seen in a long, long time. Mm. The movie, unfortunately, was meh. Really meh. I think we both gave it two and a half stars. Was Revolutions the one where you see Merovingian and he does? They're in the they're in the, like the that mansion and fighting. No, that's the, the second, second one. one. Yeah, okay, that's the second like one. That. This one is we end up in and out of the... Most of it's in the real world and the fight that happens in the real world. Yeah. And then they fucking crash their ship. Zion? Zion, yes. Trinity dies and fucking... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just awful. I love you, then she comes back to life. Yeah. Fucking... No, hang on. What are we talking about? That's oh, was that number one. two? That's the first one. Was it? First one where he dies and she brings her back. No, she then she him. dies in this one then yes. he brings her back to life. In a, mm, doesn't he? No. Does she? Don't think so. Oh, fuck. Well, well I, I could be wrong. Now I'm, I'm, I can't even remember it now. No, but that, I mean, they both end up dying. Well, okay. So, oh, really? I think she leaves. I can't fucking remember. Yeah. Um, this, this he dies. He gets turned into part of the programming and whatever else. It's just fucking garbage. This was the one with the Zion sex rave. It's like a slow mo no, dancing. Everyone I get confused to be honest. Yeah, see, because I, I actually liked that scene. But no, everyone hates that scene. Everyone hates that it's scene. Terrible. Yeah, but no, but it, and there's only one real fight in the Matrix, and that's when all the fucking Smiths have taken over everybody, and and Neo and Smith. Face off in the middle of the crowd of of Smiths. I think in I the remember rain. This. Yes, I remember that. That's this one. Basically, the rest of it is all in the real world. Ah, it's the computers. It's just garbage. you know what. It must be a piece of shit because I can't remember a damn thing about it. I only remember two and I, one. I we again. This is a bit a little bit like Mission Impossible Two. We took a whole bunch of friends to see it, oh, and we yeah. were in the we walked out of the cinema and we we're just like, oh my god, what was that? Yeah. How how do they make that from the start that they had the fall off the cliff from. Even from uh, the difference between Matrix and Matrix Revolutions is arguably one of the greatest films of all time versus one of the most piece of shit films mm. of all time. And in the middle, we've got Reloaded to suff- soften the blow. So, but yeah. still, this makes for a long, long time angry. I, and I watched it not that long ago again. I, I don't know, it's five years ago. In the life of the podcast, I watched it again. Still was shit, but I can't remember the ending of it. There you go. So, that's, I mean, that's a dead giveaway. Other than he gets killed and it becomes a part of it all, and we all start off again because. Yay. That fourth one? Yeah. The fourth one was just really average. We don't even know what that was. But like, we Keanu were... Reeves doesn't throw a fucking punch barely in the whole film. That's right. He fucking force pushes people. He fought, exactly. Yeah, it's weird. Dumb as fuck. <laughs> okay. Well, that means my number two is not on your list. Um, or maybe it is. I'm not sure. This is interesting, everyone. 
Quentin Tarantino. Hang on, it's not one one of his films. But he is a surprising lover of this film. And everyone hates it, including Paul, who actually shuns its very existence. We're talking about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. (laughs) See, I I came to a real conundrum. (laughs) Yeah. A real conundrum with this list. Go on. Do I deign to acknowledge the existence of one of the biggest pieces of shit of all time, Mm, mm. which absolutely without doubt was so bitterly disappointing that when I paid top dollar to see it in gold class, I almost threw my food at the screen. Mm. I was so abjectly disappointed and hurt. No, I saw it with a mate of mine. Ah, okay. For his birthday, it was out around his birthday, and he Ooh. said, "Let's go do this." See, when, like, once you put the stakes up like that, it makes it even worse. What a piece of shit! But unfortunately, given that for the last three hundred ninety-seven episodes, six episodes of the show, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there you go. So Paul, <laughs> so Paul shuns this movie. No, I don't. It's everyone. my number one. It's your number one. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. I'm prepared to give away the joke now to acknowledge this film fucking sucks, dude. The blowing of this film is so just huge that. Okay, so first of all, let's go with this, all right? Indy 4, before it even came out, we were actually seeing, like, stills of Harrison Ford who had lost weight for the role, and then Kate Blanchett, and fucking... Like, we didn't really know where fucking... Ray it, fucking Stevenson. Well, Ray fucking Stevenson would have been fine. Hey, Jonesy, I bet we get out of it. Hey, yeah, fucking, I can't, yeah. But then the the whole Mutt... What's his name? Um, oh, Mutt Williams. Mutt Williams. So Lol. Now, I remember, <laughs> Steven Spielberg actually employed uh, Shia LaBeouf in... Uh, Eagle Eye, which I actually don't think is a bad film. That's all right. Now, and obviously he the love continued because he put him in here. Now, it was a bold thing to make fucking Shia LaBeouf the and next Indiana Jones. That was their intention. Their intention well, was like... Right the way from the fucking hat blew into his hand at the end of that exactly, church. Exactly, the whole thing. And now he was a greaser. No, 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 we never meant to do that. Fuck off, you didn't, Steven yeah, Spielberg. Don't did. fucking retrospectively change your mind because people didn't like it. Yeah, the, thing, the thing that's weird about it is that like... Because Shia LaBeouf was a thing at the time, you know, he was he was sort of like his star was rising. He was a a, 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 a kitschy choice for a leading man. He's since gone, you know, south or whatever. Why but has he ever? Uh, his that whole thing that happens with him is like he was a greaser. He was because it was set in the fifties, mm-hmm. right? And Indy was I'm too old for this shit. Pa 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 pa. Fine, okay. What happened was I remember Steven Spielberg was saying that we didn't do this fourth film for so long because we didn't have a good um, what's it called uh, MacGuffin. Right, which is uh, and apparently George Lucas is the guy who always comes up with the MacGuffin, whether it's Sankara Stones or the Ark of the Covenant or fucking or whatever of the Holy films. Grail. Holy Grail, right? He said, "No, I've come up with it, and it's fucking aliens. It's fucking aliens that have a crystal Even skull." The most bizarre decision. The whole franchise has been built on the supernatural. Has been built on mystical kind of spiritual powers. Oh, let's fuck that off and let's do aliens because that's the 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 thing de jour in the fifties. Fuck off. I see why that came about, but I'm, Steven Spielberg has, by way of not apology, but basically talking about this film, says, here's how it is. George writes the show, and then I film the show, and that's how it's always been in this franchise. Yeah, because you're not powerful enough, Steven Spielberg, to change anything in a fucking script. And I go, actually think eh. this is a professional courtesy that he gave his friend, which is like, you sure you want to film this? Yeah, okay, let's do it. All right, and... This is showing you that, okay, like you say, Steven Spielberg, he's no exception to slip-ups and stuff like that. This movie has earned more than four times its budget because it's the indie franchise. And the next one that's coming out in 2023 will earn a boatload of money too because the IP behind this, Harrison Ford is so Indiana Jones. They have done such an amazing job. I do not know how whatever he is, a 78-year-old, can run around 
in any way, shape or form if a 65-year-old couldn't swing it. Well, I have heard a rumor, Paul, about that next film. Mm -hmm. And apparently the story device is time travel. We're in trouble. I don't know if that's true or it isn't. But if that is the case, it would explain how they get a young-ish Harrison Ford or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. They're they're CGing his face or some shit on a different actor? uh, No. Don't don't do Robert fucking De Niro on The Irishman. No. Don't have him running around looking like a young man but but, but moving like an old man because that would be awful. Well, you know what? There's there's an actor in Hollywood now. He was in a movie called The Age of Adeline and I can't remember his name. He's got a funny name but he actually looks and sounds like Harrison Ford. Wouldn't you just have the dude who played him in, in fucking... Uh, uh, solo? Yeah. No, because the, the, and everyone was saying that that guy should be in the solo guy, but they didn't pick him. But he's an actually good. He's so Harrison Ford looking. He even plays a young Harrison Ford in Age of Adeline that he you, you could really buy it. To me, that's the only way if you're going to do this. But if you're going to start using time travel, we're in trouble, Paul. Mm, we're we fucking are. in trouble because are, time yeah. travel hardly ever works. It worked in Back to the Future, and that's it. Mm. So I don't know. Kingdom of the Crystal Crap. Please tell me anything else. Nuclear that you bombs. Nuclear bombs. Surviving with a, fridge. a fridge, swinging through the trees on vines with monkeys to catch oh, up with speeding cars. Dude, that was so bad. <sighs> Even Shia LaBeouf says that was a bag of shit. He said, and then he said, "I'm <sighs> like, I mean, this is the thing. This is why. This is why Lucas, I think, sold off Star Wars. He couldn't write before, but at least he had something. Now he can't even write." Yeah, I just so take it back. You are a sad, strange it's little man. It's Lucas. all shit. You have my pity. It's all shit. He doesn't have my pity because that motherfucker is richer than yeah, God. You're right. He's even got How a space would you like to suck my butt? George Lucas and the anyway. soundboard. So, all right, <laughs> there you are. That's my number two, and your number one. And so my number one. So I've only got one more to reveal. My number two is not on your list. I don't. I totally don't expect it to be my my number two because I think we've already mentioned. Your my number two. one is Batman vs Superman. I'll there it, it is. Up. All right, my number two to to wrap it up. Then we'll reveal our. We'll, Recount our 10 through 2, 1, <laughs> is AVP colon Alien versus Dot Which Predator. The first one. The first one. The one directed Remind by, me. Remind me. by Paul Thomas Anderson. No, Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, was like, did he? <laughs> the wrestler, then this one? <laughs> boogie Nights. Yeah. Did you do the wrestler? I thought he did. No, that was Darren Aronofsky. Oh, Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. Paul W.S. Anderson, he of the Resident Evil franchise, he of, well, a good actual film. The first Resident Evil and the second, in my estimation, were good. Event Horizon, that's Event what I was Horizon. Trying, trying to get to in the end. Yeah, look, this film should have been an absolute slam fucking dunk. Yeah. Alien versus Predator. How do you fuck this up? They started this in Dark Horse Comics and it was a huge yep. thing. That's why this movie was I don't made. know how much of it that they took from that original story Nothing. here. Was it set in Antarctica? Uh, no, the AVP in the comics was like a series. Sorry, it's Arctic, a different not shit. Antarctica. It was just the idea the that was... Yeah. Is, is that where this one... Because I can't remember a thing about it, Paul. Tell me about it. Which makes zero sense because the Predators only go where it's fucking hot. They established that shit, but anyway. Okay. okay, didn't know that. The first Predator... He went they, only the come, they only come whenever it's hot. And this year, it grows very hot. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. There you are. So that's part of Predator law, which they just issue Jungle. Here. Cool. Anyway, aliens, predators, humans get caught in the middle. No one of consequences in this movie. Are they trying to make it like the thing with all that fucking ice? Is that what's going on here? Lance Henriksen plays the original Wayland, who Wayland ends up being y- yep. Wayland Utani. Yep. But no one else from this movie, remember a single human character? Nope. Whoever wins, know. we lose is the is the tagline to this, but which isn't bad. But like, that's fine. Yeah, but they have re- reduced the stakes to being fucking PGified bullshit. Did they? I can't remember There's it, man. I can't remember thinking about it. No gore, no horror. Like this is 
Alien vs. Predator should have been gory as all fuck. And the comics were. And this fucking film reduces them both to be ridiculous. And eventually the last Predator teams up with the last human and they defeat the last alien. Whoa! That's what happens. Like, that is the thing about it. Because aliens are the ones that you can't personify. Whereas a predator has honor and things like that that a human can actually identify with. And that's how it works out. This movie fucking sucks. Really Everything about it sucks. The acting sucks. The writing sucks. The execution sucks. The budget sucks. The gore sucks. The action sucks. It sucks! (laughs) And it hurt my soul. So much so that I think everyone in the world thinks Requiem, the one after this, is worse. It's a worst made film in the way it's shot and you can't see shit yeah. but at least they had the balls to put the gore back in and be a violent film Do, they all run into each other for me the two for grace that was just the three aliens that was it? predators predators okay yeah. sorry predators yeah oh wow yeah look the fact that I don't even remember it means I can barely remember the Lance and Rickson aspect of it but I yeah I tapped out this, of this shit this should have been ago. the absolute best film ever made yeah for the first and one yet and that's my expectation going in. I'm going to love everything about this in 2000. Because you love both franchises. Yes. Because I am one of the biggest proponents of them. And mm-hmm. I got this and it just, yep. I died a bit that day. Rugs out from under you, yeah. mate. I understand. Okay. Fair enough. There we are. That's Alice Wayne. Take us back through your 10 through one. And then I'll do the same. No problem. Uh, my 10 was <laughs> Knives Out. Nine, Total Recall, the remake. Eight, Tomorrowland. Seven, Ready Player One. Six, Zoolander Two. Five, Coming to America Two. Um, <laughs> that's how they wrote it. Four, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Three, Mission Impossible Two. Two, Indiana Jones Four. Um, <laughs> and number one was Batman v Superman. Right, very nice. My number ten, Snakes on a Plane. Nine, sorry, Snakes on a Motherfucking Plane. Nine, Prometheus. Eight, Land of the Motherfucking Dead. <laughs> Seven, Mission Motherfucking Impossible 2. Six, Batman versus Superman, colon, Dawn of Motherfucking Justice. There it is. At six, five, episode fucking one, colon, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> four, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Fucking Journey. Four, four, three, The Matrix Fucking Revolutions. Two, AVP Motherfucking Predator, Alien versus Predator. And number one, the film doesn't exist. There you go. There we are. That's our list. What about yours? We wrap up. Oh, any other honorable mentions? Yeah, the the Killing Joke cartoon really killed me because it was shit. Wonder Woman '84. What a bag of shit. Yes, really, really shit. My honorable mentions. Oh god, Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, bag of shit. Ooh, wow. Well, by comparison, dude, Cowboys and Aliens. Mm. Expected so much. Men in Black Two. Yeah, I thought that were going to be good. It yep, was not. Half the first one. And cool. Wild Wild West. It seemed like it would be fun. It was shit. Wicked wicked. Ooh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had Ghost of Mars, John Carpenter's sort of oh, last yeah, yeah. hurrah in 2001. I mentioned Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. I also wonder when Wonder Woman, sorry, 84. And then Spectre in 2015. It was After fine. the highs of Skyfall. Which, yeah. between comparison- Cedar Royale and Skyfall, I was finally one over to the James Bond. You know I'm not a James Bond fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was finally in. I was finally one over. Here we go. Bam. And then we get fucking Spectre. You know what it was? It was the same director as Skyfall. Yes. And that's why we going to be just like, as good. Yeah. Apart from the, oh, the kicking dick opening shot, this film sucks. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. That's Alice. What about yours? Wrap up every episode of The Topic at Hand in a segment that we call The Pop Ten. Talk about. Pop Ten. Talk about. Kicking off this week's Pop 10 with Chef Ben Randall from the In The Weeds podcast. CBR. Top 50 most disappointing films, he wrote. 50, The Least Jedi. 49, The Least Jedi. 48, The Least Jedi. I sense a pattern. This goes on and on. I sense a pattern, yes. <laughs> He actually wrote it all out. Oh, really? The wow. Least Jedi, The Last Jedi is Chef Ben's choice. Okay. Matt Rochelle said, Alien 3, Kill Off Newton Hicks, genius. <laughs> Number two. 
Movie that Paul refuses to acknowledge. That one really nuked the fridge. Fair enough. Yeah, very <laughs> nice. Well said. And number one, this gets mentioned a lot. What? The Dark Motherfucking Tower. I was wondering if that would be on your list. My favourite book series reduced to an 88-minute shitty YA Everyone movie. Everyone hates that thing. Great choice. Smiley Smarty. Mate to us said the Dark Knight rises. Such a wet fart after two roaring gales. Everyone fell into all the gaping plot holes. It was no Batman v Superman. Yeah. Well, funny you should mention that. Number two, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. One cool fight scene and one woman can't hide the hot mess that turned this turned out to be. Sorry. Zack Snyder has no idea. Ain't that right, Martha? Mm. <laughs> and number one, The Last Airbender. Fucking shit fuck. So angry. Uh, yeah, I know. No, no attachment. I never even saw me, that. Never but saw uh, that. I totally get it for those who are big fans of that show. Lee Allen Thomas had number three, Ass. I mean, Glass. Good call. After being giddy from hearing the unbreakable music, then seeing David Dunn in split to this, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it fucking tanked. Number two, Indiana Jones 4. Wait, there's only been three movies. That can't be right. There you go. Number one, Matrix Revolutions. Shit, shit emoji. David Bowie used to write lines on paper, cut it up and put them in random orders for some songs. I think the Wachowskis did this for this plot and the script. Yeah, again, can't remember. Ashbrough said, your cousin said, mm-hmm. Star Wars 7, 8, 9 rolled into one big steaming shit bag. Yeah, hard to argue. One Woman 84, the posters and shit look so good. And Suicide Squad was his last pick. Mm. David Power, patron extraordinaire, top level patron, sorry, and Facebook's community. Moderator said, number three, Dark Tower. Even among King adaptations, this was a fucking dumpster fire. Avatar Last Airbender at number two. Even for a Shyamalan joint, this was a disaster. Only someone like him could take one of the greatest animated series of all time and turn it into this piece of shit. And number one, again, the Shyamalan. Shyamalan? Shit. Mm-hmm. Glass. Even knowing who made this, I had high hopes. Unbreakable was a good film from back when he was still making quality. Split was excellent. And the promise of this final film to tie the two together and close out a trilogy was exciting. And this shits out this horrific piece of extremism. But it really was good. It was good. Mm. good film. Joey DiCarlo from this So Is a Podcast, aforementioned Prometheus. Ridley Scott is back. And Aliens is back on track. And there's an amazing trailer. And the movie is a two-pack of ass. Mm. For his number three. Number two, Independence Day. As he often calls it, Returgence. Mm-hmm. 20 years to make a sequel to one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's all you got? Come on, man. And again, number one, The Dark Tower. Let's take seven books that average seven to 900 pages each and smoosh them into a 90-minute movie. Now there will never be a real adaptation of this and they wasted good casting for Roland and the man in Yeah, Black. Matt Mack and fucking Idris. Mm. Timothy Williams said The Phantom Menace, excellent trailer, first new Star Wars movie when you never thought there were any more coming in an era where they really didn't bring back old franchises, 16-year wait for that. Mm-hmm. Batman v Superman number two, look what they had to play with and that's what we got. And another one for Dark Knight Rises is his worst, most disappointing film of all time. Bad. Kind of feels like it's a different franchise. The other two, bad story, some horrible dialogue in parts. But the cherry on the Sunday was Marion Cotillard's death. Some of the worst acting in a scene ever. Like a little kid pretending to fall asleep. Yeah, I, I didn't mind Rises. Hmm. Jesse Dixon said, Scream 2022. Terrible film compared to how great the rest of the franchise is. Number two is Rise of Skywalker after the amazing film as Last Jedi. Woo. For one, Spider-Man 2. Painfully average after the amazing first film. Don't understand the hype. What? Spider-Man wow. 2? That's the shit. Are you sure you don't mean 3? No, not amazing Spider-Man 2. These no, two is the tits. Three was a drop. But okay. All right, love it. Around. Love it. Cody Harless at One Woman 84. This was a great example of sequel syndrome that destroyed this film and possibly the franchise with this garbage. That was a piece of shit. Conjuring 3, after two amazing horror flicks, James Wan pissed off fans by handing the reins over, have the balls to finish the trilogy. And then his number one, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. My God. What? After, oh, The Amazing yes, Spider-Man 2. After laying down a somewhat decent universe, Sony rushed this rubbish out. And we all know how it went. And no, Mary Jane couldn't have made this a better flick. Last couple to wrap it up. Matt Evans said the Magic Resurrections total shite. Rollerball 2002. Fuck my dollars at the cinema that day. And number one, Jurassic World, Colin Dominion. 
seriously thought Dom Toretto was going to turn up in a muscle Dino car and yell, family. I can't even remember it now. It was not that long ago. I, I know either. it wasn't, yeah. Cat Reed said, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. There you go. I know Paul doesn't like to be this one. Exists. However, this one sucks. I love the original three, especially Raiders. So what happened here? It is too clean. has no grit. Storyline is lackluster. And wow, the characters are annoying. Number two, The Hobbit, all three. It's a wannabe Lord of the Rings. <laughs> mm-hmm. The romance makes no sense. I can justify watching all three Lord of the Rings movies because they're epic and beautiful. The Hobbit trilogy, however, is boring and hard to sit through. Can't argue with that. And then Wayne, you'll like this one. Number one, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. This one is my number one because I love Star Wars. The original three are classics and shouldn't be messed with. However, Rise of Skywalker is like, nah, Anakin wasn't the chosen one raised. And we all make her a Palpatine. The Palpatine thing was the thing. Somehow Palpatine survived. That's the whole plot, man. What the fuck? And then to wrap it up, Ben Burnham said, Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Yes, Ben. I grew up with the original trilogy and they were a major part of my childhood, so excitement was incredibly high. Instead, what we got was this drizzling shits of a Luke, George Lucas fever dream. Ah, the little twat, Anakin, the big twat Jar Jar. I didn't even mention Jar Jar. How do I forget that? Well, said Ben. Oh, and by extension, the rest of the prequels and sequels. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, that if this movie actually existed, which it doesn't, because if it did, may God have mercy on all our souls. And number one, Prometheus. Ridley Scott, Charlie Theron, Idris Elba, Michael Fassbender, big budget, so much promise, and we get a convoluted piece of garbage. Sigh. Most deaf. And that is it for the most disappointing films of all time. You all waiting. Thank you to everyone who got back to it. Sorry we couldn't get through all of it. We're Are really... you sure? Because it sounds like we got through all of them. <laughs> you still have to deal with ladies and gentlemen. I want to feast you on the show. I have to deal with the asshole over there going, make it shorter, Paul. Like my dick. It's good to put a dick joke in there as well. Uh, uh, one other thing. Erica San Pedro corrected me during the week. Mm. I should have said this in the recount. Yeah. She's not with Jonathan. And she said, we've never been together. We'll never be together. But she said, we do like to bicker and one-up each other. So oh, okay. my apologies for making that assumption to you and Jonathan. I hope you're both very happy in whatever lives that you lead. But thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> nice one. All right. That's it for us today. Uh, Wayne, how did the good folk get in touch with us? Anybody they get in touch feedback? with us by searching for the Countdown Podcast on the Googles and getting our socials or sending us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com or looking at our crap website at <laughs> thecountdownpodcast.com. That's a bingo. <laughs> you can like and follow the show through Podbean where we host. Check out the Countdown PC on Twitter and on that website. You can see links to our Patreon page, Facebook community, everything else about the show that you need to know. Wayne, there's only three episodes to go in this current iteration of the show. Mm-hmm. And the next one is our Guilty Pleasures episode, as yeah, mentioned. We've already mentioned it. So films that we rate, but you hate. All the, all the world hates. Happens a lot. So it's going to be a positive, trying to put a positive spin on shit that can defend the indefensible. That's right. All right, that is it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. Suck my dick. Filmmakers today. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. Today on our show, we're counting down our top 10 most biggest assholey fuck. Disappoint cunt. <laughs> 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 <laughs>